The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Wow, I was I was starting to feel like I was sitting out in the stands with a cold beer, relaxing. Uh, great job, Greg Matzik and Dom Catronio on Hot Stove Cool Brews. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. I know it. Uh, I can't be the only one who hears that and thinks, "Oh, spring training just around the corner. That means warm weather. That means the summer. That means oh, when you first hear baseball coming in, you know things are good." Welcome. I'm glad you are here. Speaking of uh, things being good, I'm glad you're joining us. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the WTMJ talk and text line. If you avail yourself of that, you'll be talking to Tommy. He's the executive producer of the big broadcast. Be nice to him. You get to me. Uh, that was fun, wasn't it, Tommy? Getting a little taste of the boys of summer early. Oh yeah, love love talking brewers. Yeah, it's nice. Also, the other thing, and this is a, this is an inside baseball, if you'll pardon the uh, the pun. Um, we just got the schedule for spring training games here at WTMJ. Now, I'm not going to give anything away. I'm not going to tip our hand. But that really makes you think that uh, the warm weather is coming when the uh, the brew crew heads out heads out for some spring training baseball. We will be all over it as always here at WTMJ. I missed you on Monday, Tommy. I know you had uh, you took uh, Martin Luther King Day off. It was your big day of service. Uh, you were out I, I, helping in the community. Is that what I heard? Uh, I had a buddy in town, actually. Wow, I heard completely wrong. That was mm. I got bad intel. Yeah, I thought you, know you were out what? doing you know, helping, helping, helping people. in the community. Yeah, just tell everyone that. Keep, I did. I told people you were you were out there doing good deeds, uh, feeding the poor, rescuing people from uh, homelessness. You were uh, teaching kids to read. All of that now is oh, false? Oh, if they learn from me, they're not going to get much better. I'll tell you that. So I, I w- definitely wasn't teaching anyone anything. <laughs> All right. Well, did you have fun with your, with your pal? Yeah, we had a good time. He was in town from good. Boston, and uh, he came out and hung out. We went to a couple of different places, picked up some stuff from the Bucks Pro Shop. Actually, funny enough, nice. Brewer's Team Store, not open on Mondays and Tuesdays. Did not know that. What? Yeah. Doesn't that seem crazy? It does. We got to blow. We must know somebody that we can blow a call into. I, I would what if assume. What people are right. only in town for a couple days? Right. That's what I mean. So we didn't end up going there, and actually, that's how we met. We worked on the same baseball team together when we were living out in California together, and so we were going to go visit Amfam Field, go to the team store out there. He might pick up a souvenir, or whatever. We went on Monday, not thinking it's Martin Luther King Day. Probably a lot of stuff is closed, so the complete the building was dark on the inside and we went back on tuesday and the lights were on everything looked good and then a worker came out told us yeah we're not open mondays and tuesdays and i just thought that was crazy to me moose out front should have told you closed today right how did i get into the stadium both days if they were closed both days (laughs) you know what that uh that part seems a little sketchy that you could just wander in yeah go out to the bases run around but you can't buy a jersey no wouldn't let me spend their money, my money. <laughs> and why Monday and Tuesday? I'm sure there's data that will back up. Well, we, you know, two guys coming in, one of them from Boston. We don't need to stay open on a Monday and Tuesday anymore. Sure. That's no good. Sure. We'd, Wednesday through Sunday, that's when we're open. You would think that but who's? it would help at some point just to get business on those two days. Yeah, how? 
you know, you open for a couple hours. How many people do you need to if work? Somebody, the team you know, store? somebody who works at the stadiums making a few extra bucks. You might sell a, you might sell a few trinkets. Right, and they already got it open for the. Oh. I'm assuming because of the X golf that's in there now. That's why the doors were open. I mean, people are yeah. trafficking in all the time now through there, and there's going to be a restaurant uh, coming back when the stadium opens too. Well, that's, so. Listen, no, uh, no offense to the Brewers organization. That's that doesn't seem like good business to me. I don't know. Got to yeah. open that store. If there's if there's traffic coming through there, somebody's going to buy some, right? Especially That's what I as we get closer to spring training, somebody's buying a hat, somebody's buying a new T-shirt. We got some new guys. You know, people want to get new shirts yeah. and what uh, whatnot. So I I, I would have thought it had been open. Hmm. All right, we'll have to we'll have to get on this. This is something we can. Uh, I think you and I carry enough weight. We can throw uh, we can throw our opinions around, and I'm sure it'll get taken care of right away. We like to think so, at least. Sure, I, I'm sure everybody over at the Brewers right now who was listening to Hot Stove Cool Brews uh, is now going. Why are these two guys say that we should open more? <laughs> why, why don't they show? What, what are they got? MBAs over there? Tell them to shut up. Right? No, we just we just want more people to buy Brewers gear. That's all. That's the thought. So. Is your friend from Boston, or is he just living in Boston? Uh, so he goes to Boston University, uh, and okay. he is from the D.C., Maryland area. All right, so does he have the annoying East Coast accent? No, it's not too bad at all. Um, Good. Does, didn't pick up any Boston or anything, no no ahs to the cars or anything like that. Yeah, Boston is the one that's very very distinct. You know, that's the that's the one, and it, and then some uh, some people from Boston, and even people who wish they were from Boston, make it really bad. It's like it's like if you do an over exaggerated Southern accent, or those uh, those goofballs on SNL that used to do the Chicago accent. Da da. It's like, shut up. That's not how people from Chicago. <laughs> talk. Da bears. Anyway, well, boy, we come out hot. We're coming in hot tonight, Tommy. It's a big show. Uh because. It's that's how it's going to be. That that's what the show is now. It's just hot takes. I'm like I'm like the Stephen A. Smith of talk. Ooh. Just no thought behind it. I'm just going to spout out any crazy stuff that pops into my noggin. I like that. That's how we're going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> Till the boss goes. Uh, do you put any thought into what you say? Nope. Just shout it out. <laughs> okay. Here's a raise. Oh, fantastic. Nice. That seems to be the biz. Um, I want to talk about quitting a job. And I will tell you why in a moment. But is it still a thing? For, people of my generation were always used to at least two weeks' notice. Some places uh, in the past, one place I should say, only one place in the past that I worked said they wanted 30 days' notice, which seems like a lot. But is two weeks' notice still a thing? Because uh, something happened, and it's... It really put a lot of people's lives in the hopper. It made things very difficult. But I want to talk to you. If you've quit a job, did you just walk out, ghost your employer? Did you give the two weeks notice? And do you think it's, as an employer, do you think it's important anymore for people to give you those two weeks notice? We're going to talk all about quitting jobs, but I want to hear from you, 855-616-1620. We will do that after this, Brian Noon and WTMJ Nights. Uh, you don't got to go to work, but you got to go to work. We all got to go to work. 
Uh, I don't know if you heard, lately the trend, there was a big, a lot of talk about quiet quitting, where people say, uh, oh, they quiet quit. They just don't do anything extra. They just, uh, they just kind of drift away till they leave. But that is being, that's already out. That's passe. Quiet quitting is so 2022. You know what's new? Quit quitting. Yeah, just like it sounds. Uh, according to business experts, it seems like U.S. workers are more comfortable with outright leaving their jobs quickly. Uh, short tenure rate, which means the fraction of positions that end after being held for less than a year, has increased across industries over the past couple of years. The rate at which employees quit within a year of starting a new job has risen since August of 2021. The phenomenon peaked last March and continuing has continued rising steadily, according to LinkedIn. Uh, industries that traditionally feature shorter tenures, like arts and recreation, uh, which they don't feature shorter tenures, they're just... There aren't any jobs. Uh, they're seeing the most quit quitting. Yeah, because recreation is hard. If you're a camp counselor, are you really quitting or is summer just over? Eh, let's, let's not parse words here. The phenomenon isn't limited to seasonal or ad hoc, ad hoc workers. Fed up and feeling like they don't have to stand for exploitation, employees are more willing to walk away within months, weeks, or even days of joining an organization. It used to be, and anybody of a certain age and older, you didn't want to leave a job, even if it was horrible, for at least a couple years. Because the, the old thinking used to be, well, if your next employer is looking at your resume and it looks like you hopped around a lot, they just are going to figure you can't hold a job. And I held on to that until my daughter was looking for work after graduation from college. And she took a job in New York that she hated, just hated. And she was like, I have to, you know, I have to quit this job. And before she quit, she got another offer from somewhere. So she went and she worked at that place for about a year and a half until she decided to move. And this was a job in the, in the arts field. It was in broadcasting. And at her job, the season of the show came to an end and it was... Uh, she was offered her position for the next year, but then COVID hit, and she was in New York when the whole city shut down. So she's like, no, I think, thank you for the offer. I think I'll take another job. And she, I said to her, aren't you worried that it's going to look like, you know, you bounced around a lot? And she said, oh, that's not a thing anymore. People don't, uh, you know, young people don't worry about that. Young people just, uh, if they if they don't like the job, they move on, which is this quiet quitting. I had something, for those of you who don't know, Sometimes I substitute teach, and I'm doing a favor for a friend of mine who's a principal, and I took over a first-grade classroom. I was supposed to be co-teaching with another woman who was uh, special ed certified, and the class has um, a number of special ed students, which is uh, great. The kids are sweet, and, but we need two people in the room. There's 24 kids, and I'm doing it because another first-grade first teacher quit right before Christmas, just, you know, one day walked into the office and said, I'm done. At the end of the semester, I'm finished. And so that's why I'm helping out. So last week I start with this uh, teaching with this woman who I've known for a number of years. She's a good teacher. 
See, everything seems great. She's very excited to be working with me. She said that was the only reason she changed, took the position and changed. Blah 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 blah. Long story short, I get in, uh, I get a text from the principal Monday night, going, "Hey, um, just so you know, she's not going to be in tomorrow." And I was like, "Oh, she must be sick." So I send a uh, quick text. Hey, I hope you're feeling ev- okay. Everything's good. Uh, they told me you're not going to be in tomorrow. I'll see you on Wednesday. Yesterday I go to school. Turns out Sunday she sent an email to the principal saying she was done. She left everything in the room. Everything that she had bought for the class. She just walked away, said, uh, there will be, please honor my privacy. There will be no communication. And she was gone. Now, I don't. I don't understand that, and I don't think it's professional. Tommy, you're from a young generation, and this woman is not. This woman is much older than you are. Mm-hmm. She's a little younger than me, but, you know, same generation. Is it true what my daughter said? Do you, and I don't ask you to speak for the whole generation, just three-quarters of it. Sure. Do you guys, do you guys just uh, figure if the job's no good, you're just going to bail? Is, so, that, is that the way it goes? I would say I've actually only ever done that with one job i've ever had i've had a lot of internships along the way and some paid some not but i worked at an old navy and in madison and they wanted me to come in from 5 p.m to 1 a.m on a sunday and i just sent an email 1 a.m on a sunday yeah at old navy to do what an inventory shift i just started there less than a month because I only think I got one paycheck from them, and I just sent an email like, I'm not coming in. No, like, that's ridiculous. But um, I will say that I tend to think that putting in two weeks' notice is the appropriate thing, but to your daughter's point, if you ever have a job like that that you've had a bad experience with, why would you put it on your resume? Yeah, that that makes perfect sense, too. If you hated it, why? Uh, you know, if you left under good terms, that's one thing. You know, you'd still put it on there. If it's if it's one of those jobs that carries a little weight, that looks good on your resume, yeah. And you left under good terms, uh, you know, even if you hated it, they go, "Oh, hey, you worked, uh, you worked here. You were, oh, you worked at uh, Old Navy." Do you go, "Yeah, I did." Um, they're like, oh, and this is if you're trying to get a job, I don't know, at the Gap, which is owned by Old Navy. Right. Never mind. Yeah. That was a bad You can example. probably just transfer. But you know what easy. I mean. Yeah. They'd go, oh, <laughs> you know, maybe you're trying to get a job at, uh, I don't know, Trends, Burlington Coat Factory. I don't know where you want to work. I, but, I uh, tend to actually keep a lot of my jobs I've had off my resume. Um, pretty much anything I had in high school like i don't put anything on from there yeah i I worked at a hardware store for a long time it's not really relevant to where i want to go but i was there for a long time so my uh, there's dispute actually i've had with my parents on you know they think i should put it on there but it's not like it really helps me get a broadcasting job if i know how to find a school right exactly so that's i i don't any employer now they're gonna look at did you did he do any internships while he was in college uh, did he have any work experience that was directly related to what we got? Oh, look, that guy, uh, you know, and no offense to somebody who puts uh, price tags and sells hammers. We all need hardware stores, but it does. You're right. It does. Now, if you were trying to get a job with, I don't know, craftsmen or something, 
That would be the perfect thing to put right. on your resume. Yeah, and I have my roommate. He used it to get a manager position at a Menards. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah, the all see? relative in that way. But exactly. for your daughter's point, if she didn't like the job and didn't have a good experience, wasn't there long enough, I think a lot of people are just tending to think, well, first of all, I don't know how many people in my generation have a resume, but I would also <laughs> say, why would you even put it on? You don't need to put it on. Then no one knows about it. Yeah, that's true. Makes sense. All right, we, we, oh, man, we are running behind. we got to do this, then we'll be back, then it'll be news. There's a lot to get to. Stick around. WGMJ. Look at that. We're actually going to get to the news pretty close on time. I know Wyatt uh, has been he's pacing up and down. He's like, if this guy doesn't shut up. Uh, after the news, why I may want to move to South Carolina, and you might too, depending on how you drive. We'll get to that, but right now, we go to the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom. Wyatt Barmore-Pooley, standing by. Thanks, Brian. I've been doing laps around the newsroom waiting for you. Brian Noonan, uh, WTMJ Nights, here till 9. Got uh, started uh, an hour later tonight because of the big uh, hot stove, cool brews show. I'm sure they'll be replaying that or podcasting that. Do we do we have information, Tommy, or am I just making things up now? I am actually the, in the uh, middle of podcasting it right now. Look at that. How did I know that, one, you are a professional, and two, what makes good content? It all works. It all works together. I never thought I would say this, uh, considering they are a state that just took the Confederate flag uh, off their state capital, you know, less than 10 years ago. But I may have to move to South Carolina. Do you think that the law that says the left lane is for fast drivers is just a suggestion? Then this is not for you. Then you need to stay here. But this is great news. Driving under the speed limit in South Carolina is going to cost motorists as much as it costs to drive over it. Anybody who's driven anywhere and been behind people in the left lane, just poking along, explain to me why you do it. Because I know some of you are here listening. Some of you are with us tonight. And... You are the person who gets in the left lane, and I'm convinced part of it is that you're texting and you want to use the median strip as your guide because you figure if you start drifting that much to the left that you either hit the rumble strips or start to go in the ditch, you're going to go, oh, I've gone too far, I must come back. But you pay no attention to people behind you or people on your right. And then, gosh, forbid that uh, we... Uh, either give you a little honk, a big honk, or flash our brights, then you do the most insane thing and just slow down and refuse to get over. Well, not in South Carolina, you tortoises. The South Carolina Senate subcommittee uh, yesterday approved a bill that seeks to increase fines for slowpoke drivers from 25 to $100. Lawmakers want to change the law to encourage slow-moving motorists to stay out of the left lane. I want to go a step further. I want to pass a law in Wisconsin that encourages slow-moving drivers to just stay home. Hire people who drive fast to get your stuff. Because you're a hazard. And if this offends you, well, 
I know you won't drive to the station because it would take you hours to get here. So, oh, well. Uh, so the left lane is supposed to be used by faster-moving vehicles. Uh, South Carolina state troopers said they wrote more than 500 tickets over the past year for motorists who weren't driving fast enough. This is terrific. Now, I know some of you may be saying, Brian, you're, you're being ridiculous. Fast drivers are the ones who cause more trouble. They're more dangerous. So what do you think is true? Who do you think is the biggest threat on the road? Is it people driving too fast? And I'm not saying recklessly, because we've all seen people who are driving very fast and then weaving in and out, not giving anybody enough room, either in front or behind. They're cutting people off. That's not the people I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who want to get in the left-hand lane. And, yes, I am one of them, and I want to go five to ten miles over the speed limit am i admitting to breaking the law you betcha have i fought the law and had the law win many times but as tom cruise once magically said i feel the need for speed so i am i don't care if you want to drive slow what i care about is that you are in the way so move over but you don't you don't want to get in the right lane or the middle lane either because then you go, these people are driving slow, even though you're driving five miles under the speed limit. 855-616-1620. That's the WTMJ talking text line. What kind of driver is the biggest threat to other motorists? And we'll we, we obviously know drunk drivers and distracted drivers are at the very top of the list. They cause the most, they're, they're the biggest threat. But... If it comes to speed, is it somebody who's driving fast or is it somebody who's driving way too slow? And I am always going to come down against the people who drive too slow. Maybe it's in my genetics. My grandfather was a uh, police officer and always drove like he was in a high-speed pursuit. Now, he would do some crazy stuff, though. He'd, he'd like... Go into the uh, go along the curb and pass on the right and do you know he was nuts. But I inherited some of that uh, some of that driving skill. I also pride myself on being able to see the gaps in the traffic and make my strategic moves accordingly. But who do you think it is, Tommy? If you had to uh, if you had to ask, answer that, and I know you're you're getting ready, you're podcasting, so I won't interrupt you too much. But you know. I get yelled at all the time by my daughter for driving crazy, but she also has a lead foot. Uh, are you a are you a more cautious, aka pokey driver, or do you do you agree that the left lane is for people who want to get things done? Mm, so I always say that I am a left lane driver who is more than happy to move to the right lane. So I like to in Milwaukee. Usually traffic's not too crazy. Uh, and especially right. on the highways, you know, there's a certain designated times, obviously, right? So I am right. comfortable going my 75 to 80, and if someone wants to go faster than me, I will totally move over for them. Oh, yeah. I'm Listen, I practice what I preach. If I'm in the left lane and I see somebody zipping up behind me, I get over. I'm, you know... I'm not I'm not hypocritical when it comes to driving. Everything else, you know, we'll we'll discuss those on a case by case basis. But but, but I've also if I'm in the left really, lane I've never really gotten a speeding ticket technically as well. Knock on wood. Wow. 
Wow, look at you. Mm-hmm. Look at you, goody two-shoes, I've been Tom. pulled over, but never a ticket. Really? What do you, you sweet-talk him? What do you throw oh, some yeah. Have charm you seen at me? Him? Come on. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. I All the say, cops, yeah. male, female, they fall for your charm. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I've only been pulled over two times, I wa- and they were actually within the same calendar year, and it was my freshman year of college when I was commuting to Parkside. Really? I, I remember getting my very first speeding ticket. Uh, I was, I don't know, maybe 17, and I got cracked, and that was the start of that was the start of me thumbing my nose at the law and getting a number of speeding tickets. And listen, young drivers, because I know we have a lot of 16-year-olds listening to the program, uh, drive carefully, drive defensively, don't be, uh, don't be stupid. But uh, ironically, so I told you we, were, we had gone down to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl. I left in the middle of the night because you avoid a lot of traffic. And I'm zipping through Missouri. Now, Missouri is one of the, there's a few states like this. Pennsylvania is one, Missouri is one, where they just load up the highway with troopers. Everybody, oh, man, they want to make some money on the uh, tourists that are blowing through. It was also New Year's Eve into New Year's morning. So I'm sure that, that had something to do with it. So I'm driving along, and I was going, I don't know, I think the speed limit was 70. And I may have been going 80, I think he said I was going 83. So, yeah, really not too bad. But um, he saw, the, so I get pulled over, and I was, you know, I'm very respectful. Because I, I figure if you got me, you got me. I'm not going to argue. Because I know I was speeding. If you caught me, all right, this time you win. I figure there's thousands and thousands of miles that I sped that nobody caught me. So, but I do the whole thing. I have my hands, but, but I, I have my hands up on the dashboard. It's the middle of the night. I expect him to come to the driver's side window. So I rolled down the driver's side window and I already have my head turned so he could see my face when he gets to the car. He went up to the passenger side and banged on the window. And I was like, ah, so he woke up my wife and my daughter wakes up and he sees me and I'm just, he goes, you know, you know why I pulled you over? I said, I, I think so. Why were you going 83? It's all hilly and a little foggy in here. And I was like, oh, yeah, I said, uh, you know. He said, oh, are you going to, uh, are you going, what's the, the town in Springfield uh, where they do all the acts? Anyway, it's near Springfield, Missouri. Is you going to Springfield? I said, no, we're actually going to Dallas for a football game. And he said, do you have any, you know. Have any tickets or warrants or what? War- no, I don't have any. So he ran my license. He came back up and he goes, just, just slow down. I'm like, okay, I will. I get home from Dallas. I get a letter from my insurance company congratulating me on having such a fine driving record for, for years. <laughs> and, uh, they, yep. Uh, so who knows? Who knows what's going on? But State Farm thinks I'm a great driver. Nice. So I appreciate that. That's all that matters. I'm sure not, I probably shouldn't have said what insurance company. Since, <laughs> Yeah, now you're going to get another letter in the mail. Yeah, they're going to, uh, upon further review. But yeah, so I'm I'm a good driver sometimes. I'm a fast driver sometimes. But if you want to text it, who do you think is the biggest threat to motorists? Is it the slow driver or the fast driver? I salute you, South Carolina. And trust me, that is not a sentence that I've said before. But I do salute you for putting this into effect. 
I wish it was enforced more because we've all been we've all been going even the even if you're going the speed limit and you come up on if you're going 55 or well, it's 70 between the state line and uh, downtown Milwaukee if you're going 70 in the left lane and all of a sudden you come up on somebody who's going 40 you quick got to sometimes move over or the person in front of you is behind the slow person they move suddenly you're right on this it, it's it's horrible all right tommy and i like to talk about uh different things that come to culver's and other food places some big news that i don't think really matters we'll see if it matters to you and we'll talk about that after this wtmj nights now shut up and drive Got a few people texting in on our big question. Who's more uh, of a threat when you're on the road? Is it the slow drivers or the people driving too fast? From the 414, some of these slow pokes think they're doing a public service by not letting you lawbreakers speed. Yeah, that's fine. If those slow pokes are in a marked uh, municipal police vehicle, then they can keep me from speeding. If you're in some rusted-out Corolla going 30 miles an hour in the left-hand lane, uh, I don't respect your authority as Cartman used to say on South Park. I have no, don't, uh, don't take it upon yourself to be the arbiter of all things legal. Just get out of my way and let me roll the dice, all right? Caroline in Milwaukee says, we need that law here, too, for sure. Yes. Uh, fast drivers are dangerous, but slow drivers are more dangerous. They cause some people to become reckless, and that's more dangerous. In Europe, you get fined if you're in the left lane and not actively passing someone. That is true. Because when we were in Ireland in September, uh, thankfully, I got to drive on a few of their uh, interstates, their big expressways. I forget exactly what they call them over there. But, oh, yeah, if you were not, uh, if you were not flying, you better get out of the left-hand lane. And I, did, I, was, I was so excited to be off like the cow paths that I had been driving on and the very, very narrow two, and that's stretching it by about a half a car, two cars. Um, two car roads that when I got on the expressway, I was like, this is great. But I was very cognizant of the fact that you had to stay to the right unless you were really rolling. The 262 says slow drivers. And uh, thanks to South Carolina. Yes, South Carolina bringing, bringing the heat on the slow drivers. And uh, we do, uh, is it, uh, let's see, who, who's called Dave? Is that what you said, uh, Tommy? Dave's in Milwaukee. Hi, Dave. How you doing tonight? I'm good. You're not driving and talking, are you? Uh, yeah, actually, I am driving and talking. But, uh, but I'm All right. out of the left you... lane. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> so you're out there. Who's more treacherous, slow drivers or fast drivers? Well, I... The slow drivers are the ones that are cause the problems. The fast drivers, uh, I feel they don't cause the problems. Um, it, it's the guy going below speed limit in the left lane. You know, he drives there because he claims that the lane is smoother because less people drive in the left lane. So, but yeah, the slow drivers I have never, the I have never heard that, Dave. I've never heard that oh, excuse yeah. from some slowpoke. Yes, yes. Really? They say there's less people driving a left lane because it's it's smoother and that's why the slow folks drive it. So I, I asked one guy one time I, I was no kidding uh, I, I ended up stopping at the gas station sure enough who comes in this guy and this is 
I said, I just have a question. Why were you driving five miles an hour below the speed limit of the left lane? He says, well, it's none of your business, but I will tell you, he says, because it's smoother in the left lane because there's less traffic I travels in the left lane. I said, okay, I guess that's good enough for me. I said, but next time, you know, stay in the right lane if you could. <laughs> wow. Dave, that's an incredible yeah. story. One, I can't believe you uh, confronted him. Good for you, but be careful. Don't uh, you want to be careful who you're confronting? Oh yeah, no, I yeah, he was an older gentleman, you know, and he seemed kind of nice, but I, I still had to approach. So him. you knew you could take him? Yeah, you know, <laughs> if I couldn't, I know that I know my dog. He was sitting in the passenger seat with me. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, Dave, I have never heard that. I've never, ever heard that excuse. Uh, I don't believe it for a second. But uh, thank you for sharing it with us. I'm, don't, I don't want to encourage any, uh, any pokey pokies to use it. But uh, drive safe out there, Dave. We'll talk to you later. That, that has got to be one of the worst excuses I've ever heard to drive in the left yeah. lane. <laughs> what? That's, that is that's just... crazy. Less people driving you know what it, that so is? that's why I drive in it? That's old man logic right there. Because he heard some old wives tell that less people drive in the left lane. Oh. Well, I just got the suspension fixed on the Chrysler. No wonder. And I don't want to be out there going through potholes and whatnot. Here. Yes, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, we got to c- talk to the Wisconsin Highway Department. Tell them maybe, maybe uh, smooth out the other lanes so the slowpokes have a place to drive. Or put all the slowpokes in the left lane. Let's just flip the script. Or you just but have then you to can't because the exits are on the right. Or or you have to take another driver's test after you turn sixty years old. I believe. I listen. I I firmly believe in. You get to a certain age, you got to take your driver's test every year. Maybe seventy. I'll give you till um, seventy on that. But yeah, yeah, seventy, sixty. People in their sixties can still drive. Yeah, you're pretty still pretty well. young, and I'm 60. sure. And I know there are some people older than seventy that can drive pretty well. Yeah, but you know, uh, we're going through that with with my mom. She's eighty six. She really shouldn't be driving. Right. Not because she's not just because she's eighty six, but because of the condition she's in at eighty six. Mm-hmm. So she should be, you know. But that's the hardest thing to uh, to take away from people. Cindy says in Ozaki County uh, or Ozaki City on forty three, the left lane is smoother. Right is terrible. It's true. All right, we got to get to the bottom of this. We got to we got to get some. Uh, sounds like Cindy drives slow. Horn. That's what it sounds like. Could be, yeah. yeah. You know what, Tommy? That's a that's very that's very good because Cindy may be. But hold on. True, semis tear up the right lanes. Slow drivers in the left lane suck. This is from the 262. So maybe I was too quick to blast that old man in Dave's story. I've never heard I don't heard think this. I was. I've but never heard this. I've never heard it either. But now all of a sudden we're hearing it nonstop. You know what I think is happening? I think all the slow drivers have a newsletter or a, or a text chain because they have a lot of time. They obviously don't have to be anywhere. Well, they do so all they're, they're driving. So they got a lot of time to text yeah, people. Yeah, they got plenty of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plenty of time. So now they're all in, hey, you got to call and tell them that the left lane is uh, smoother. That's why. So there is. Oh, now Cindy. All right. Cindy, Cindy standing up for herself. When they repave it, it doesn't take long for the right lane to get, uh, to get bumpier. And Cindy, Cindy with three exclamation points, I drive fast. Whoa. All so right. We'll continue. More text coming in. Feel free to keep texting. We will talk about it after the news, but we've got to do this first on WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. 
This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Before the news, we were talking about South Carolina passing a law that says if you're driving too slow in the left lane, you are getting a ticket. Could cost you as much as a speeding ticket. We're getting a lot of people backing up this could-be urban myth that the right lanes are more torn up than the left lanes, and that's why slower drivers drive in the left lane because they like a smoother lane. Which I find now, and I'm getting Caroline, Cindy is weighing in on this. Other people weighing in saying, yes, that's the truth. Uh, the the right lanes on I-43 are all torn up by trucks. We need uh, better things there. But then enough from the 414 saying fast drivers are the crazy ones. I have had speeding tickets. Okay. Uh, only one speeding ticket in my life, and I was this from the 262. I was doing 80 on I-94. That sounds about right. Lady, uh, slow lady, driver in the left-hand lane, cut me off. I swerved around her. They got me going 90. Mm. Yeah, so that's, you know, you, sometimes you got to make an invasive maneuver. You got to you gotta do it. Cindy wanted me to drive uh, in the right lanes, see how bad they are. I can't do it, Cindy. I got to stay in the left lane or the center lane. I like the center lane. I'll move back and forth. I don't care. Caroline, I love this story. Uh, she said, I have a friend whose mom is a super slow driver and actually got pulled over on the freeway in Atlanta 15 years ago for going over 10 miles under the speed limit. That's inexcusable. The trooper said she better stay on the right, otherwise next time he'd arrest her or someone else might shoot her. Well, I don't condone it, but I don't, uh, I don't say that, uh, you know, I don't say that that's, that's wrong. All right. Uh, Tommy, you mentioned you had a roommate before, the, the friend of yours who came to visit. I haven't had a roommate since college. And I know and my daughter's had some roommates you know, throughout college. And then uh, her first, her, when she was living in New York, in Manhattan, you have to have a roommate. Unless you're independently wealthy, which, you know, being my daughter, she is not. So uh, she's had roommates. And roommates tend to be trouble. Have you have you had good experiences, Tommy, with roommates or bad experiences? I would say I've had uh, about seven roommates in my life. I would say I've had wow. pretty good experiences with virtually all of them. I, I've had one maybe, meh, but... No, I think I've had pretty good experiences overall with that many roommates. Were most of were most of them your friends? No, in fact, none of them were my friends going into it, but I would say most oh, of wow. them are my friends now. Okay, well that's that's very good to know. The reason I bring this up is I saw this story and it makes no sense to me. As a guy who's lived alone, uh, you know, after college, I lived alone uh, until I got married. And that was it. So this uh, 29-year-old female writes this in. She's, uh, she's having some problems. She wonders if she's in the wrong. She lives with two roommates in a house, and they're all attending grad school. Uh, one of her roommates is 27. She gets upset, the roommate does, because this young woman does not uh, give her enough of a heads up when she returns home. So... That's the story. The first time this happened, the woman said, she went out last month. She had marked on the house calendar that they uh, keep 
that she'd be out of town on Friday night to return Saturday. However, uh, the roommate interpreted the calendar differently and thought, thought that she would be home on Sunday. Well, so this woman's coming home on Saturday. She texts her roommate, hey, I'll be home in a couple hours. The roommate loses her mind. Uh, she asked if she'd give her more of a no- more notice next time. The other roommate was not at home. Then second time, she was out of town with a few friends. Uh, they were camping. The weather got bad. So after the third day, she came home early because it was horrible. She didn't have cell service. She just came home. Well, that got her roommate even more upset that she didn't tell her when she was coming home. Then yesterday, they were all on winter break. Uh, she got a chance to work an early shift, so she came back a day early. The roommate, once again, gone crazy. Now, when I tell you this story, I'm sure you're thinking, well, this roommate is doing something illicit there. She's, you know, cooking meth. She's having wild parties. She's filming adult content. We don't know what this roommate doing. According to the woman who wrote this article, she's doing none of those things. The, the woman who has the problem basically said that, uh, you know, if you, if you say you're coming home on a certain day, I plan alone time. And it causes me anxiety when you show up early because it throws me off. If I plan to have the night to myself to eat a frozen pizza and drink a box of wine and uh, watch whatever it is I watch on TV when I'm all alone, I get thrown off when you come home early. Uh, I'm glad when I read this that I never had roommates because, to be honest, my reaction to this would be i'm sorry i pay a third of the rent as well right and i can come and go as i please because i'm an adult and if you don't like it well i'm sure we can find somebody else to fill the third bedroom who won't be such a stick in the mud and a lunatic who's keeping track of my comings and goings am i wrong is this is this woman right to be upset and say to her roommate, this is wrong. I don't have to tell you when I'm coming home. I also love to hear stories of uh, roommates gone bad, where you think, oh, this could be it. You know, like uh, single white female kind of roommate stories, where all of a sudden maybe they started dressing like you. Tommy, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. You got a guy you're living with, all of a sudden he starts wearing the same clothes you do, talking like you do, driving safe like you do. Uh, and you go, this is really weird. I don't think I've had anyone steal my clothes or anything like that. No, but I would say that, well, when I lived out in California, I had a roommate from California and the other roommate from Maryland. I would say my Wisconsin definitely was apparent to them. And I don't know if it rubbed off on them, but they, they very much always pointed it out like, oh, that's a Wisconsin thing. It's like a joke to me. What, what did you do that was so Wisconsin that it threw off somebody from the East Coast and uh, somebody from California? So I th- I have a theory that you can tell if someone's from Wisconsin based on how they say Wisconsin because it's very different from someone who says it and is not from it, I believe. Because so they used, they'll say something like Wisconsin? Or they, they really emphasize the O and the N more than we do. I guess we, we have it softer here with Wisconsin – and they kind of yeah. was Wisconsin. I, I I don't know. It's really it's very. 
I always think it sounds ridiculous. What a pompous way to yes. what a pompous way to pronounce yes. Wisconsin. I promise you, it's always so much weirder whenever I hear it from someone who's not from Wisconsin and they say it. I can't even make it up. I can't even make it up. That's uh, wow. <laughs> that is all right. That's where and you and things you did would throw them off. What like be polite and. You know, right? Yeah, no one holds the door for anyone in 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 California. No, no one does that at all. But I would also say, and you probably had a work ethic, right? Exactly. So I would say that dialect is definitely one that they would point out all the time. And I, I mean, if you can drive in California, you can drive just about anywhere. So shout shout out to them over there. They definitely need people in the right lanes over there. (laughs) The four one four says they don't know what a bubbler is either. Yep, that's another one. I would not, I would not budge on water fountain. You're not going to see me do it. I'm going to be a bubbler guy for life. No, you got to say bubbler. Yeah, out there. Oh, they don't know. They don't know. They also don't know what pop is. They think everything is soda. Do you call it pop? And we do. We do have a. When we moved out to California, my wife got a bunch of job offers just because we were from the Midwest, and they were like. Oh, we love hiring people from the Midwest because you actually work. Mm. So <laughs> there you go. All right. Share your horrible roommate stories uh, and let me know. Do you think this woman is wrong to tell her anxious roommate who needs her time alone? And if it's thrown off a little, that's not going to work. So tell me when you're coming home. Should you tell her to just go pound sand? 855-616-1620. More after this. WTMJ Nights. Talking about bad roommates, the story of a girl who said her roommate demands to know exactly when she's coming home, and if plans change too bad, you have to give me notice. To which I say, you're not my mom. Uh, John is in Greendale. Hi, John. Hey, I, I first of all, I agree with that. You don't need to know when I'm coming and going. So, exactly. But anyways, so first job... 100 years ago, I was renting from my uh, one of the guys I worked with, actually. He owned the house, and he would take anybody in to have a, you know, have somebody renting. And so sure. uh, we got George. So he couldn't read. <laughs> so he didn't know what the okay. poop cans were. So, you know, he'd just eat whatever. His idea of showering was using more deodorant. He was on the run. From the Florida hospital where he had a baby with his soon-to-be kind of ex-wife who lived in the area. <laughs> so we used to get, wow. uh, I got called because the phone was in my name. I got calls from the collection agencies. Yeah, he was a, he was a peach. Wow. And uh, so I finally, <laughs> after a few months of that, I, I had to threaten physical violence. To the That's insane. What are you going? It's either him or you. Because <laughs> I can't. Yeah, really your landlord must anymore. not have done many background checks, huh, John? He just let anybody uh, anybody he, wander he, in and pay some pay some uh, rent. He, yeah, it was a warm oh, body, and that was all he. Well, oh, it was, it was horrible. That sounds it was awful. Funny all my coworkers would be like, my coworkers would be like, "Oh, how's life with George today?" It was like an ongoing soap opera. <laughs> Life with George. You should write a book. John, thanks for the call. Have a great night. 
That is crazy. I I've never had that. The only the worst the worst I had in college was I had one roommate who would like borrow stuff and not tell me. But in the whole scheme of things, that's not uh, that's not bad. My daughter, had, she moved into an apartment in Manhattan, and we met the. She, it was two strangers she was moving in with, and we met the the ladies she was moving in with, and they seemed very nice. Unfortunately, uh, within like two weeks, one of their moms got really sick, and she moved out, and the other one kind of went crazy, and she just moved out. So all of a sudden, my daughter gets two new roommates who are lunatics, just insane. And it was getting worse and worse, the behaviors and, and everything else. And first of all, if you've ever been in, a, in an apartment in New York, you know how tiny they are. So my daughter was in, she had a bedroom that, honest to God, was no wider than my outstretched arms. It was, it was like a closet, basically. Um, and it just, it just got unbearable and her lease came up and thankfully she was able to move in with some, uh, some girls that she went to college with. And then that was, that was fine. But uh, yeah, I've, I've been very lucky. So I don't, uh, I don't understand how people get through it, but you do what you got to do sometimes, I guess. All right, we got to take a quick break. Then I promised, uh, I promised a little Culver's talk for uh for tommy because we love to talk about uh food fads and whatnots so we'll get to that right after this wtmj oh my goodness bad news for the pepsi generation culver's is switching to coca-cola products at its restaurants now to be honest when i'm drinking a fountain beverage like that I can't tell the difference. If I'm drinking straight out of the bottle or I'm getting a can of pop, then I have a preference. And that preference is Pepsi. Uh, but Culver's is changing and people, oh man, it's a big deal. Now here's the good news. If you're a fan, like my wife and daughter love Culver's signature root beer and the diet root beer. Uh, those are staying. Dr. Pepper is staying in the fresh brewed sweet and unsweetened tea is still going to be there. So if those are your beverages of choice, that's fine. If not, sooner or later, you're going to be going from Pepsi to Coke. Coke must have made Coke must have made a huge huge sales pitch to get Culver's cuz Culver, Culver's has uh what did they say? Like 900 restaurants, almost 800 and some 800 and some restaurants. Um nearly not yeah, nearly 900 restaurants. So Coke must have, Coke must have done most of must have done the deal. And every most people say Coke anyway. It's one of those things like Kleenex where you associate cola beverages are all under the umbrella of Coke. And if you go down south, everything's a Coke, even a Sprite. It doesn't matter. Any sort of soft drink in the deep south is a Coke. But I saw this, and people online, of course, people are all revved up. Some, some people even threatening that this was their last day at Culver's. I will never go back to Culver's because now they have Coke instead of Pepsi. I'm like, then you weren't going for the Culver's food. You weren't going for the curds or the pork tenderloin sandwich or the butter burger. You were going for, you know, a fountain soft drink, which, let's be honest, never tastes that great. I think it can be argued, and I would have to put this forward, that the best fountain soft drink 
is a McDonald's Coke. Because McDonald's does something, they, they either get a different mix, they get a stronger mix, they water it down less, whatever it is, McDonald's Coke is far superior to any other Coca-Cola that you will get out of a fountain. Um, and Pepsi, while I believe is a superior product off the, you know, straight out of the bottle, um, you know, on, on tap, I can't really tell the difference. So to me, I don't go to Culver's for the soft drinks. But this is, like I said, big deal. Some people some people very excited, Tommy, because they're bringing in uh, Coke Zero. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because people don't... I know... This is a diet pop drinkers thing. Because I know my wife loves Coke Zero, will drink Diet Coke, will punch me in the throat if I were to offer her a Diet Pepsi. I would say will not drink it. I, I would say that I I don't really drink a lot of soda. I tend not to. But if you want a diet soda that I think most tastes like the original, diet yeah. uh, Coke Zero is near the top of that list. I I do think so. Not Diet Coke, but Coke Zero definitely tastes yep. more like Coke than maybe other than Dr Pepper and Diet Dr Pepper, but. I don't really drink that anyway. So I, I agree. Right. Coke Zero, definitely near the top of that list. You know what? I, I despise diet soda. I just, oh, diet pop makes me crazy. Uh, but I have to agree with you. I've had a couple Coke Zeros, and they're not bad. They don't have that horrific, horrific aftertaste. A lot going on. Uh, after the news, Tommy, I have. I know you're very happy here at WTMJ, and we're happy to have you. But I may have a lead if you're looking for a little something different for your career. So I'm gonna we're going to get to that after the news. Right now, it is news time, 8.30. We go to the WTMJ 24-hour news center. Wyatt Barmore-Pooley waiting to talk. Uh, we we do not do news at eight thirty, Brian. Oh, we don't do news at we don't do yes. news at eight thirty. You know what? We haven't done a show that has been the final hour for right. a long time. I know, I know that threw we've, us off, but I, I was trying. Yeah, to get we've been your... getting done at eight o'clock for so long. I don't even remember. No news All at right, eight thirty. Well, no news is good news. That's what I always say. I never say that, but I'll say it tonight. Uh, listen, I don't know what Wyatt's doing. Maybe he wanted to come in do a bonus newscast. Uh, he did one not, for, you know, if that makes any sense. He didn't want to give us a gratis no. newscast? <laughs> he didn't he didn't make it. No, he's not here. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I don't blame him. If I was, I, I'm not uh, throwing shade at Wyatt. He didn't have to do an 830 newscast. He shouldn't do it if he doesn't want to. I'm just saying maybe you build up a couple brownie points with the, you know, with management. Come in and go, you know what? I know I don't have to do another newscast, but I am an, I am a journalist. It is my job to inform the populace, and I would like to. Uh, if Brian will shut his mouth for three minutes, I'd like to do a little. He's, he's full time now. He's, he's Big J over here. So I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, he, you know, he he doesn't want to put in any more brownie points now. He he's he's reached the mountaintop. I don't know. Listen, I got to be honest. If I was uh, you know big time journalist like Wyatt, working with a goofball like me, I'd get as much brownie points. Maybe he moves up. He starts working with uh, you know. Jeff or Steve or John or somebody else. Oh yeah, he could be he could be real big time. That's it. That's all I'm saying. We're glad to have him around. I don't want him to leave, but you know, I wouldn't blame him if he tried to. He'll be back at out. nine. 
Will he? See that? All right. I, all right. I'll never understand this. Anyway, Caroline still. Caroline said it's a bad uh, roommate question or bad roommate story. Her roommate in college, her boyfriend was a drug dealer. Right there, you got to move out. That that first sentence that says all we need to know. Get out. Someone told my friend who was one of the RAs that she had hidden something in my stuff while I was gone for the weekend. My friend gave me a ten minutes heads up. I found a bunch. Uh, a bunch of sheets of acid in my dresser. Oh, that's nice. It may have been un an unwise move, but I took them to the dumpster and lit them on fire. She was caught with other stuff on her side of the dorm room and was kicked out of school. Wow, that sounds, Caroline, that sounds like the start of a, a, a bad police docu uh, procedural program on television where you get rid of the d drug dealer's stuff because you don't want to get caught with it. It wasn't yours. Now the drug dealer is after you. And that's when you got to call the equalizer or somebody else to come in and save you because all of a sudden this scumbag wants his money and you'd had it. So somebody upset about uh, the, the Pepsi products going away from Culver's. I always get Mountain Dew, probably have to go the root beer route now. Their root beer is, their root beer is top notch. It's mug, right? Is that what it is there? Or they have their own I, Culver's? No, it's one? their own. It's their own brand. It's their exclusive Culver's root beer. Oh, I guess I've never really noticed when I get there. Oh, I, man, as you can tell, I don't get the root beer. Root beer's good stuff. I enjoy... I, I, I think, I'll be honest, I enjoy any soap pop that is not from the fountain. I think it's always better. But their root beer on, on the fountain is good. Um, my mom had me pick her up a case of Spectre's root beer the other day because she saw... She saw an ad in, at Menards that they had a case of 16-ounce bottles. And I called her. I said, hey, I'm coming out to the house. You need anything? She goes, yeah, you got to swing by Menards and get me a case of root beer. Now, Tommy, you worked at a uh, at a hardware store. Yeah. Guy walks in. I didn't buy any hardware. I didn't buy any uh, screws or nuts or bolts or nails, lumber. I went into a, a huge, big-box hardware store to buy root beer. It's Seems not unusual. as it's not as crazy as you think. <laughs> I would I would I would say that. Yeah, I definitely had customers who would come in for uh, various different things that would never deal with the hardware and only go through the impulse <laughs> aisle. We had really? we had a runner who would come in and only buy the pickle juice that we had in like the bag drink, and he would clear us out of that all the time because he liked it for the electrolytes. Never wait, bought wait, a nut bagged bolt. pickle juice. Yeah, well. It, it's technically, you know, it's like the drink, but it's it's that like bag type packaging that's like a juice pouch. Yeah, more like that, more like, like that. A Capri I guess. Sun filled with pickle juice, right? Something along those lines. Ugh. But you would tear the top off rather than stick a straw in the middle of it. But okay. yeah, it was that guy swore by it, and we had our own specialty root beer too. That plenty of people would just come in and buy that or the cream soda, something like that. All right. Well, I get. Listen, I was not embarrassed at all. I was not, and I wasn't the only one buying the, uh, the Rupert. Plus, you know, besides saving big money, they all they have a lot of, they have a lot of groceries and all kinds of stuff at Menards. My mom would go, "Oh, I got this soup." I'm like, "Oh, how, you know, that sounds good. Where'd you get it? Oh, I got my soup at Menards." I go, all right, okay. I, I, you know, when I think grocery shopping, I don't think of that, but, oh well, you know, what I do do think of. Sometimes I think of having a nice hot dog. Sometimes I think, man, I wish I had a hot dog with wheels. And then I think there is a hot dog with wheels. It's the Wienermobile. 
Tommy, this is right up your alley. Unfortunately, I have aged out of this, but I saw this and I thought of you. Because Oscar Mayer is looking for a spokesperson who gets to drive the Wienermobile all over the country. It is a full-time job. You'd be a hot dogger. You're in, they are encouraging recent college graduates to apply. Sound familiar? I think we know a recent college graduate. They're looking for someone who is outgoing. Check. Creative. Check. Friendly. Enthusiastic. Check. Check. Graduating college seniors who have an appetite for adventure and are willing to see the country through the windshield of the Wienermobile. You'd represent Oscar Mayer as a brand ambassador through radio and television appearances. That, that would look good on the resume. Newspaper interviews, grocery retail, and charity functions. It's a full-time one, full one-year assignment. What do you think? You want to drive the Wienermobile for a year? I, I mean, as long as they don't tell me to drive slow. I would be. I'd be the first guy who's getting speeding tickets in the Wienermobile. <laughs> I'd be driving the Wienermobile so fast there'd be flames coming off of it. Ooh, hot wiener. I, <laughs> I hope it doesn't split. Uh, I saw the Wienermobile not too long ago, and I was like a child. I was... It was parked in a, in a like a store parking lot, and I went up to it, and I was just standing there slack-jawed like I was six years old going, oh, my God, it's the Wienermobile. Because though, like I grew up, the Wienermobile was a big thing. I still someday pray that I get to drive the old-school Batmobile. I don't know if that would ever, that'll ever happen. Uh, that Speed Racers car, even though it was a cartoon, I really wanted to drive. And I always was hoping... And this is definitely, not that my other references were not uh, generational, but Hot Wheels used to make a car called the Red Baron. And it was like a uh, kind of a jalopy with a helmet. It, I always wanted to drive one of those cars. Now I just drive a regular car, and it's boring. But if I had a chance to drive the Wiener Boy, if I, if I was graduating from college, I would definitely apply for this gig. Because one, I love road trips. Two, you are, you know, you're getting attention from everybody. And you know, the ladies see you pulling up in your giant Wienermobile. That's got to be a conversation point, right? You start a, hey, how you doing? But it'd be hard to like, hey, meet me at the bar later. And you're out in the middle of, you know, Nebraska. And all, all of a sudden you get a call from corporate. Hey, uh, was the Wienermobile at the country bunker last night till 4 a.m.? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, we had a lot of reports of the Wienermobile in the parking lot of a bar, and it was uh, bouncing around. I don't know what was going on in there. It was, was that true? Oh, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm on my way to Montana now. I can't talk. Traffic's heavy. Got to go. I don't know, Tommy. This might be the, uh, this might be the foothold into, uh, into an odd broadcasting move that you might be looking for. I would hear it out. I don't want you to leave here, but you know, if you got to drive the Wienermobile, I'd ask you to swing by my house and give me a ride. We could take it together. Yeah, I'd go, but I'd go. You know, I'd I'd stow away in the back of the Wienermobile, and that way, when you were tired, you could sleep, and I would pilot it, and then you could do all the things you know that you're getting paid for, and I would just. I'm sure they give you a lot of Oscar Mayer wieners, so I'd just eat hot dogs for a year. Boy, that sounds horrifying. Yeah, that could be rough. That's, that's not good. Never mind. I'd have to stop at some uh, some other places, maybe at a Bucky's or something. Notice on Facebook that Planner's Peanut Style has a peanut mobile. Hold on. 
414. Now we, oh, <laughs> maybe we each get a job riding, driving one of them, and then we drag race, like the sausage race at uh, a Brewers game. The, the Nutmobile Mobile? versus the Yeah, Pinot I heard Mobile. about that. I've heard about that one, too. The Peanut Mobile? Yeah, I've heard. Uh, that's the one I thought you were going to bring up, too. No, I didn't know that was, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's for right. planters and uh Right. Yeah, that guy. Holy cow, it looks great. Looks like a giant peanut. Like the Wienermobile is cool, but it you can tell it's a car. This is a, just a giant peanut. Looks like a Winnebago that got me I mm, boy. What do I want to drive more? I the Wienermobile is more iconic. For sure. I would have to yeah, I gotta go Wienermobile. Not the nutmobile, that's what they call it. That just sounds bad. <laughs> hey, I gotta Got to pull over and gas up the nutmobile. Oh my gosh! Is that a euphemism for something? Oh man! No, it's I, I'm I'm low on petrol, so I have to I have to fuel up my nutmobile. That's why I used to say in high school on dates. Oh got man! A lot of slaps. Oh All man! All right, we got to do this. Then there's more. WTMJ. <laughs> All right, Brian Noonan, WTMJ nights. After the nine o'clock news, it's Dave Ramsey. Tommy, how old do you want to live to to be? Oh, gosh. I, I don't know. Let me ask you this. Would you want to be 119 years old? No. No, that okay. seems a little too long. It, it seems too long to me. And the reason I ask is because the world's oldest person, who was 118, almost 119, uh, has passed away. And that is, that is sad. But it, it made me think... You know, not in her case. She was. Uh, this is a woman who was a nun. She was uh, lived in France. She was believed to be the oldest person. She had been growing weary, uh, according to this, of the burdens of age. She has died just a few weeks before her 119th birthday in southern France. Uh, her name was Lucille Randone. She was known as Sister Andre. She was born on February 11th, 1904. Imagine all the stuff that she's seen over the years. It says here she lived through two world wars. Uh, she was astonished when she first went to school and saw electric lights. She survived COVID without even know she knowing she had it. Uh, according to the Gerontology Research Group, which validates the details of people to be 110 or older, she is, or was rather, the oldest known person in the world because someone in Japan who was 119 died last year. So, but that bring, that does bring up a point. We all chase youth. You know, everybody wants to feel younger, look younger, live longer, and I, I don't need to live to be that old. I I don't know. Would do you think about it? They always the, the old joke is, you know, I'd rather have those years at the beginning than at the end. And I I agree with that. Now, and listen, I don't begrudge any—I I think it's great if you live that long. But if I get to be 97, if I get to be 87, and things aren't going great, I don't need to hold on for another 20 years. I'm good. I had uh, i had my fun. I had my time. But, uh, yeah, 118 just seems—one, it seems impossible. But I guess— you know, you, you read stories about some of these people in Russia who can live to be 100. It's environment, it's genes, it's diet. I don't have any of those things. 
that yeah, are going to keep you around that Fair long. enough. Yeah. I'm not, and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to check out. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, uh, you know, there's going to come a point where it's like, okay, I, you know. <laughs> I'm not going. I don't need to go for the record. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on quality of life, I guess, at that point yes. too. So fair enough. But but at 118, what can your quality of life really? Right. Be? I mean, that's just crazy to think. You know, you make it to 79, and then you got 40 more years. I mean, that yeah. that's wild out loud it's, when you think of it like that. Right. It's you know, it's more than double. You know, more than double my life. Right. Ooh. Uh, again, you know, I'm like, wow. No, I can't. No, no, no. That's uh, there's enough. I mean, I there's there. You're you're absolutely right about the quality of life issue, but you can't. I know people in their 80s who are still in you know kicking around, doing great. Uh, I know people in their 60s who are falling apart. So uh, who knows? But I thought it was we needed to mark the milestone of this uh, this woman, Sister Andre, who passed away at 118. But yeah, there's, you know, no. Somebody trying to get us, uh, telling us there's a Hershey's Kissmobile and a Cadbury Cream Egg Car. All right, I'm going to look those up while we're doing this. I still say, uh, I still say, you got to go OG. You got to go for that Wienermobile gig. Because I'm definitely not driving the Nutmobile. <laughs> I can't, I'm like a 12-year-old. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what all of that is about and uh, start wrapping things up fairly soon. But let's do this on WTMJ Nights. A few minutes left here on WTMJ Nights and we make room for Dave Ramsey. All right, we got to finish We got to finish up with this, uh, this before we get out of here. I've looked it up. Uh, the Hershey Kissmobile is in fact a thing. However, it was retired in 2020 and... I gotta be honest, it looks like a bad parade float. Not not like the big Macy's parade float, just like a, you know, kind of a middling float. So I would have never wanted to drive the Kiss Mobile. I like Hershey's Kisses. Wouldn't have wanted to drive the mobile. However, Tommy, you should do yourself a favor and Google the Cadbury Cream Egg Car, because that could be that could be a close second. For the Wienermobile. It On looks it. like a, it's an egg all painted up. It lo- it's, it's tiny. It looks like it might be fast. Very speedy. Easy to park. Um, you know, you probably get better gas mileage. Now, there's oh, that's not, cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at it right now. I like it's that. It's really cool looking. There's not as much storage space. Like the Wienermobile has a, uh, a nice Winnebago feel where you can wander around. Maybe you pull over, you take a nap. I don't know if you could do that in the cream egg mobile. It's got a cool shape. You know, I would have never. Th- I would have thought to put the egg shape the other way. Yeah. While driving, but they did the bottom of the egg as the front of the car. Looks kind of slick. It does, and I think it, it looks aerodynamic. Yes. Like I said, it almost looks like you know, in every movie, uh, every space movie, where the president or somebody has to get into one of those escape pods. And get shot out into space to escape the terrorists. It looks terrorists. like it could go underwater as well. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a the old duck boats, except this is submergible. Yeah, if you dust some salt on it, it'll float, kind of thing. Oh, that would that would be great. You're zipping along, and then you're like, oh no, the bridge is out. What am I gonna do? I'm in the Cadbury Cream Egg Mobile. I just go bloop right under the water. What are what are some companies the other side. that need a mobile that don't have one? 
Uh, I think. I, oh boy. I can imagine I a hardware the, store I think just the having sausage, like a board. I think the like, Kern sausage or or the uh, the brat stop needs like a brat mobile. Okay. Or Usingers, they need you know, th- that would be too much like the Wiener mobile. I would also like to see a Pringles mobile. Oh, okay. Just a Pringles can, and the front, uh, or like the the pop top is in the back, yeah. and that's where a Pringles mini comes out. So you've got the full-size Pringles can, and then you park that at places. But if you're the Pringles ambassador, you need a place to get around. So then the back opens up, and a little Pringles mini can comes out. And that's what you zip around uh, town in. I like that. I like that. What about like a cheese curd for Culver's? Something like, like that? Che- Whip- whipping I like around the cheese in there. curd mobile. Yeah. I like that. Somebody says there, John in Greendale says there's a Land's End boot mobile. Who knew all these existed? I'm I'm surprised you guys all do. I there, like there's it. There's a segment in here somewhere. Yeah, it's is we got to get uh, dive deeper into this. Some more place. I'm seeing the Lands End Bootmobile. It looks like or this LL Bean has a Bootmobile. It looks like one of those uh, duck shoes. Uh, it looks like it was put on the back of an El Camino, which is never a good look. An El Camino is an unusual vehicle. But yes, we'll have to keep we'll have to keep doing some more research. For companies that need a mobile, uh, I I liked uh, you know the WTMJ studio at the fairgrounds. We could make that a mobile and drive around and just do the show from wherever, like pirate radio, where they'd never be able to actually catch us because you'd never know where we were. Then we could say whatever we wanted, which I will continue to do when I'm back with you tomorrow night. Thank you for listening and being part of the program, Tommy. Always a pleasure. Thanks for your help and always, your input. Brian. Uh, Dave Ramsey coming up on the other side of the news. Have a wonderful night. It's WTMJ.